Big New Year's Day. Big New Year's Day. Yeah. It was phenomenal on my end. A lot of we reached some big business goals here at PFF that I can't specifically speak to, but huge dubs on the PFF side. You also had a bit of a relapse. I did. If you've been a listener to the show, you know that I was once an addict uh, to <laughs> oh. Halo. To, okay. To video games. Not anything sinister. Although that's a little sinister. And I realized, or I didn't realize, or I did realize, new Halo had come out. I didn't realize that you could play for free that it was like a free game yeah it's a free game it worked on the halo one too which i have or excuse me halo one xbox one which i have and so i realized that over the weekend and uh, that's what i did for my new year's day i was watching football playing that so that's gonna that one's gonna be tough to uh, put down because it's a lot like halo it was pretty sweet how how much uh how were you doing like not great the the, the game's a little loose uh but it was getting back i had some positive games by the time i was done that is phenomenal i have been absolutely terrible i played with trevor sykema for a little bit and like his friends are just good. Like I'm just getting like absolutely wrecked, like two and twenty seven. Like Borderline makes me not want to play because like I'm going on after a long day at work, you know, grinding the nine to five, and then they go on and these kids who have been like streaming since nine a.m. are just out here dogging me in the post. Like, where, where, what happened? Gone are the days where you could just get on and, and have like a casual two point three KD. Now it's like an absolute sweat to have like yeah. any success in these games. See, you got to just troll then when you're bad. You got you got to like intentionally sabotage or something you got you got to take the power back you can't just be completely powerless in that i've be been kind of an asshole on the mic they, right like that that's helps. been where i've i've probably like if they recognize my username pff could reprimand me because i've been <laughs> kind of like a complete piece of shit to some of these 10 year olds but i was asking one kid to throw away his xbox learn. and tell his mom about it and all this stuff that's like the few games where i have like a 1.1 kd and i don't yeah. look like a complete dumpster but most of the time i'm getting dogs so not going to play too much over the next few weeks We've got a lot of traveling come up man combine all-star bowl we're going to go be in vegas the east west shrine bowl in mobile for the senior bowl both going to the super bowl <laughs> like it's going to be a lot of traveling over the next few weeks should be an absolute treat let's get into this week 17 man an absolute I thought it was a fantastic week 17. One of the better weeks of the NFL season. Am I crazy? Chiefs Bengals was a riot. Was Colts Raiders was a riot. Even Ravens Rams was uh, good for the bit. That's where we're going to start. Rams win 2019 over Tyler Huntley and the Baltimore Ravens. Ram- Ravens were three and a half point dogs at home. They cover the number. But. A lot of this was like Stafford just like a really bad start. The interception yeah. to Chuck Clark, that was an imp- the first one. Super impressive jump on the ball, right? He reads Stafford's eyes, just jumps right in front, gets the pick six, give the Ravens a 7-0 lead. Then later, you know, Stafford launches into triple coverage on third down. Chuck Clark again on the interception. He had an open Van Jefferson crossing. He was short of the sticks. Like maybe it makes sense to pass on it, thought he could tackle. But regardless, throwing into triple coverage with OBJ down there somewhere, uh, Chuck Clark gets the interception. And then from there, Tyler the OBJ Huntley. Effect. It's the OBJ effect. It's the OBJ effect. Then from there, Tyler Huntley throws a disgusting pick, and the Rams kind of just inch by inch, row by row, make plays there. Yes. In the opposite side of the ball this was the nail in the coffin for the ravens and man they this was kind of like the last five weeks for the last five games two points or less that's just they get a gold star for their effort and tyler huntley i mean heck of a job coming in from udfa to what he's done in some of these games but coming out back from covid this past week this was not his best game that was there for the taking and he didn't play particularly well so Sadly, and it's not like with as many injuries as they suffered, they were really going to be competitive in the AFC if they did make the playoffs. But man, really hate to see it as a Ravens fan because this team was in it pretty much till the end here with all these games except for the Bengals one. I thought Ravens were about to pull out this win. So in yeah. third and one, or yeah, it was the third and count. one, and then, you know, um, 
Rams try to bounce outside, big tackle for loss. It ends up being fourth and five. It go, they don't get pressure on Matt Stafford on fourth and five. OBJ kind of sneaks open. They get the first down from there. OBJ scores, and that's kind of all she wrote. Putting Tyler Huntley in that situation to come back after going down, I don't think it was ever going to happen, but that was a big third down, fourth down sequence that the Rams pull off to secure this win. How worried are you about Matt Stafford? There are some people ready to call him the Jameis Winston light, like like up and down, and he has been up and down. If you look at like total EPA per play, it looks very similar to what Goff looked like when he took when McVay took him to the Super Bowl. Are you concerned with Matt Stafford? Is yes. there? I mean, the fumble yes. was disgusting, and then both those picks were pretty bad. Seventeen turnover really plays second half of the season. Oh my gosh! Last eight games. That's that's not going to work, you know, in the NFC playoff picture. There's too many good teams to throw away a game. Uh, you throw two picks the way he did with a pick six against the Bucks, the Packers. You're not winning that game. And that's shit. That's what he did against the Packers, and they didn't win that game. So th- that's worrisome. I will say the trend that he has been on of late, I'd be worried if I'm a Rams fan in the playoffs. How much of it, though, I mean, he does make up for it in a lot of ways, too. I mean, this offense looked good in the second half. Like, even down the stretch, it looked good in the first oh, half. Shit, it should have. You know, like, the Bengals look like the best offense in the NFL history last week against this Ravens defense. So it should have been. But I think that's the concerning thing is that yeah. it didn't all. Not living up to expectations. Yeah. Falcons, Bills. Bills were 14-point favorites. We said the line was too big. Turns out it was perfect. A little bit of a push here. Bills win 29-15. Could I say one more thing about the Rams? Sorry. Go ahead. Don't mean to backtrack. No, go but ahead. I will say this upcoming week against the 49ers can sort of exercise some demons heading into the playoffs. Not that it's a super-duper meaningful game. You're in the playoffs, whatever. But they've lost, what, seven straight to Cal Shanahan in the 49ers? So... Or is it five straight? I don't know. They've lost a lot in a row to this team. And if they come over that hump, shit, could knock the 49ers out of the playoffs. That could be what this offense needs. It's all about exercising demons in 2022. We didn't ask you about your New Year's resolution. Oh, I don't actually have any this year. I, I'm, I'm who You're I want to be. fucking sick, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> you are a piece of shit for saying that. My New Year's resolution is to commit to the habit contract. I'm making some adjustments. Yes. I'm going to send the U.S. Okay. later. I need some adjustments. But we're going to cut weight. We're going to look better for you on camera. You know, who knows what could happen in 2022. We're just going to be a better person in 2022. Good. Good. Uh, No, we're not going to skip a Giants-Bears. Falcons-Bills. We said the line was too big. Turns out it was perfect. Push. Bills push. Or Falcons push at plus 14. Uh, Bills win 29-15. They should have have been closer. That Matt Ryan stuff was crazy. It was. Matt Ryan scrambles. I think it was like third down or I think it was fourth down, actually. It was third down. No, it was third down. Scrambles on third down. It looks like he was in. Like, I thought he was in. It wasn't even close. But his knee is down. But he celebrates the touchdown by screaming in safety Jordan Poyer's face. So, originally, the 15-yard penalty, because he was in, was going to go against on the kickoff. But it ends up not being on the kickoff because they review the play. He's short. So, then he celebrates a touchdown that didn't happen. They go 15 yards back on fourth down. Don't pick up the fourth down. It ends up being way too out of reach from there. And the Bills win 20 Nine fifteen, but like one, I respect the shit out of that from Matt Ryan. That was dope. He just goes up there and like suns. Yeah, even though they're gonna lose that game, whoever. I mean, you only got a few things to uh, celebrate in this one. But I liked it. Obviously, wish he was in because it made him look a lot, lot worse. Other takeaway oh. I had from this game, outside of like, yeah, there were some bad Josh Allen turnovers in this one. But I thought he played well. Like some of the turnovers weren't his fault, um, and a lot of the throws he's able to make outside of structure in the snow is like insane. Like this, Josh Allen is a winning Josh Allen, even if it looks as sloppy as this did. And then Kyle Pitts, tip your cap 
to Kyle Pitts. Um, he's been fantastic this year. He's lived up to the billing. If Jamar Chase wasn't legitimately otherworldly, we'd be talking about Kyle Pitts a lot more. He's been fantastic. Cleared a 1,000 yards this past week with the Atlanta Falcons. We must have been watching a different Josh Allen. You didn't think Josh Allen looked good? He went 11-26 to 26 for 120 yards. Now, he made a lot of plays with his legs. Yeah. And that's what you've come to expect with him and what he's been relying on a lot kind of here down the stretch. And Will in the playoffs, too. Like, him as a runner in the snow, in the cold, is a legitimate weapon. Like, that is something that is going to factor into any playoff game that they do have. Still earned a 70.6 PFF grade in this one, too, even with the turnover he plays, even with the picks, because of what he offers on the ground. But now, Josh Allen, this season, he has five games with passing grades below 55.0, which is like, that's like Mike Glennon level. And he also has three games over 90.0. There have only been 16 games all season long over 90.0. He has three of them. The, the roller coaster that is Josh Allen has been a joy to watch. That red zone pick was gross. It's been a joy to watch. <laughs> but it's him in the playoffs. If you just catch the heat, I'm, I'm excited. I think yeah. the AFC is very wide open, especially with as we'll get to who the one seed's about to be. So I covered Josh Allen in college in San Diego State's mm-hmm. 2016 run with Rashad Penny, who we'll get to later, former Aztec. They had to play Josh Allen in the regular season and lost. But then they played him in the Mountain West Championship in Laramie, Wyoming, and won. And there are tweets, if you go back, looking at Josh Allen from Austin Gale, gunslinger mentality. You still see the same Josh Allen, right? In the red zone, it looks so much like what he did at Wyoming. He's like scrambling right, third down, trying to make a play, and just like tries a fireball, went in there, gets picked up, and picked. And then you look at the pick to A.J. Terrell. That was an ugly interception. But when he's running the football as effectively as he is and creating plays outside of structure, which you saw like time and time again this one, to Beasley, to Diggs, like that's enough. Like that's enough to win games. The other takeaway I had in this one, the Atlanta Falcons in the trenches, they might have the worst O-line, D-line combo. Like, they are so bad. Matt Ryan was consistently under pressure, and they could not get pressure on Josh Allen. This was – their trenches are so bad. They need to – and, like, I feel like this – with Matt Ryan, with Kyle Pitts, there are – and hopefully you have Calvin Ridley come back knowing his situation with mental health and those things. Like, they have some pieces, but the trenches are so bad that I don't think this is an above 500 playoff competitive team even next year unless, like, significant free agency acquisitions are made because it can't all be done in the draft. Yeah. And it's not as if they're this bad. And it's like like some some teams, I don't know, like the the Vikings have had injuries along the defensive line. That's why they can't get pressure on anyone. Like that's not really the case with the Falcons. Now, like Grady Jarrett's been healthy and not playing exceptionally well. I think that's the bigger thing is they relied a lot on Grady Jarrett to make a difference, and he just has not been a difference maker this season. So they need not one guy. They need I shit a handful along that defensive line. Uh, shall we move to Giants Bears? Do you want to talk Giants Bears? I think there uh, is some I fun do. pieces of this. There is. There, let's talk Giants Bears because it was an all-time bad, all-time bad offensive performance. Literally, the what they have the fewest passing yards in 25 years. The Giants did negative 10 as a team. A to- <laughs> team total is negative 24 total passing yards, like not counting sacks. The crazy thing is, Mike Lennon, 21.4 overall grade. That was lower than Nathan Peterman's five interception half. He got a higher grade because he actually completed passes past the line of scrimmage. Mike Lennon completed one pass past the line of scrimmage in this game. That's well, insane. That's one of the most insane stats I've ever heard in my entire life. That is a, <laughs> and, and the thing is, not to belabor this point too much, but like Mike Lennon's 
not a good NFL quarterback, but oh, last no. year oh, no. he played with the Jaguars, and he wasn't this. Like n- no one, no one in NFL history has been this because, like I just said, it was one of the worst forms I've ever seen offensively. But at some point, that is not. You know, it's not all on Mike Glennon. You can't just be like, ha-ha, Mike Glennon, he's so bad. He played for a Jaguars organization that was objectively not, you know, doing well last year and played far, far better than this. Like, no game close to this inefficient or, or what he's It's not even just inefficiency, though, right? It's the turnovers. Like, Glennon yeah. is like— Well, but I'm saying, like, this is the offense around him is not giving him any options. And this is making Daniel Jones, by proxy, look amazing. Yeah. Like, this offense can't move, can't get a fucking first down. They're averaging less than 10 points a game without him. That's, that's unbelievable, honestly. I mean, it, it's, it, I hope, well, you have to hope that it's not making Daniel Jones look so good that they commit yeah. to him long term, right? Like, this is not okay. You can't be yeah, like... He's just going into year four. He's got a fifth-year option. They're probably going to exercise fifth-year option, I would bet. But we'll see. Every game... Mike Glennon has played in this year. He's had at least two turnover-worthy plays. And since he got the start in Week 13, he has three-plus in every game. He has been – and a lot of that's offensive line. Like, the fumbles in this game, like, he's just getting battered back there. It is – Mike Glennon has been a special kind of awful. This Giants offense has been a special kind of awful. And I do I do agree. Like, I'm not disagreeing with you that, yeah. wow, this makes Daniel Jones look, like, way more competent than people thought. I, I still think a bigger issue is that the Giants offense isn't good. The Kenny Galladay signing has not panned out. Daniel Jones getting hurt hasn't helped them. Glennon also stinks. Like, we can't... Glennon stinks. Let's just be honest here. Did you know Glennon ranks inside the top 120 in total career earnings in NFL history? Nice. Well done. Thank you, Ryan Pace. That's... And Ryan Pace has paid half of that. Yeah. I think it's like 31, 33 million or something like that, which is just absurd. I had... But but it also speaks to the fact that, again, he wasn't disaster. He's not been this. He's been... A competent backup at most places he's gone. Not a starter, but a competent at least backup. Not completely unable to even complete a pass. Quinn, for later in the show, do we have the Joe Judge rant queued? We don't have to queue it now. Yes. Okay, nice. We have it queued. I want to get to that because it's phenomenal. That one has to be, yeah. That it's one it's needs, in the fun to watch segment. Breakdown. You'll have to get to it later. We'll, we will get to it. Um, Robert Quinn, I kind of want to give Robert Quinn some love. Yeah. He got the sack record for Chicago on a sack fumble that they recovered, fortunately. Um, and then right after they recovered that, that Mike Glennon pick. Uh, this game was so bad to watch. A Gi- If you were a Giants fan, this was like a burn-your-house situation if you were like thinking anything's good. I can't believe – I don't remember what bet I picked on either side, but if I picked Giants plus six, I, I need help. because I just said not to bet. Or I said yeah. I don't trust either, but I said don't bet because I don't want to wa- be suckered into watching. Yeah. Any, any yeah. positives? <laughs> any positives for the Bears here? I thought like the the first the first part like first part of the game opening drive of the Giants is a sack fumble puts them on the one they score and then then he throws an interception and then Moody scores after that they go up fourteen zero like super quickly to where this game was kind of over in the first few minutes I don't really have like Andy Dalton's the future in Chicago this defense is coming back like I don't have any of those takeaways to the Bears No I mean it was. There's, there's, you're at this point of the season where you're just trying to get looks at young guys. And- there was a Joe Judge rant that we will get to at the back end of the podcast in our fun-to-watch watch. And we were about to get to the game of the week, Chiefs-Bengals, Bengals at home in Queen City. But before we do, cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep. How about upgrading your grooming routine for the new year? How about it? Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to make a ball drop onto the tw- a ball drop into 2022 the cleanest ever. Set your new 
first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code PFF for 20% off plus free shipping. Cleanest ball drop ever. It's a new year, new me with the global leaders in male grooming. This year, take your grooming to the next level with the Performance Package 4.0 and brand new ultra premium body wash. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the signature Lawnmower 4.0. The electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks all over. It also comes equipped with the 4000 LED spotlight that will shine a light to promised land to the promised land 2022 looks to be. And the new product that needs no introduction, the Ultra Premium Body Wash was man- from Manscaped, solves all three for the perfect addition to your daily grooming routine. But in the shower, the body wash smells great too. It's cologne infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice, and moisturized. Kick discomfort and poor hygiene to the curb this year and use the best tools for the job. Whether your resolution is to work out more or travel to new places, be sure to travel Manscaped for our exclusive offer. Get 20% off and free shipping with code PFF. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code PFF. It's new year, new me in 2022 with Manscaped. I'll say this. Manscaped 4.0. I know I just bla- you know went through the read. Mm-hmm. A resolution in 2022 is to groom. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, need to groom better. I look like a homeless person sometimes. I got here. I need to get more haircuts, yeah. haircuts, beard trims, all that stuff. But I'll tell you what. As bad as this might look down there, it's like a fucking NBA court. Okay, <laughs> it's squeaky. All right, the body wash at all. It's it's all an NBA court is not the scene I need, but it's the scene you need. Uh, let's get to the game of the week. Cincy Jungle. I joined the jungle. I said they'd cover, and they did. I but I faded did. them so they'd get the dub. Yeah. People know I am the curse. I am the jinx. If I don't think the Bengals are going to win, they win. I said it on the show. They take out the dub. And what was honestly so impressive from Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and this Cincinnati Bengals team, the offensive line in Cincinnati is horrendous. And you saw that early in this game. It's a big reason why the Chiefs were able to get up to a 14-0 start. People were calling curtains. People were on Twitter calling curtains at home. Down 14-0 with 2.50 left in the first quarter. Then Jamar Chase, oh my goodness, beats Juan Thornhill, who runs a low 4-4, leaves him in the dust, who had the better angle on him. They go toe-to-toe for the rest of this one. But man, let's just start with Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase breaks the single-game rookie receiving yards record and the single-season rookie receiving yards record with a game to go, beating his former teammate, Justin Jefferson. An impressive year for Jamar Chase. You knew knew he was going to go off when, after Charverius Ward... Broke up, did the post route on him, and did the gritty. You never do another man celebration to dance on him. You just—it's like the—it's like the belt with Aaron Rodgers. You never do it to him. That just makes him come back stronger. And Jamar Chase just two plays later scored a touchdown on him. That was—I uh, mean, insane. That was why we said top prospect, top receiver prospect since Mark Cooper. And if not, possibly better than Marcus. Probably since Julio yeah. Jones. Like, not even Julio Jones. AJ Green went first that year. But like, legitimately a special wide receiver prospect and can do things that are just different. Like with that speed, with that acceleration, with that size, with the strength. The catch point is just unique to the position that, like Burrow said it himself, just F it. He's down there somewhere. Like I would give him chances 
and they kept giving him chances, and he kept making plays. I mean, they just – even with T. Higgins, too, he had another one down the right sideline. Like, in one-on-one situations, Burrow trusts his guys, and those guys have been phenomenal this year. Like, Jamar Chase has been up top 15 receiving the NFL. T. Higgins, we keep using the 15. But top 15, awesome. I mean, they have been They're both, both. top 10 grader right now. Here's a take. Well, I want, want, I want to finish on Jamar Chase. Okay. Jamar Chase, I said I said seven confidence level in being, him being – you know, I, that, I am an idiot. I am literally an idiot. I'm moving it to like an eight and a half after this game, which is fair. Beats record, single game record, goes over Tarius Ward, like multiple plays, shows the yak ability, the strength. I'm moving it to an 8.5. Right now, here's the take. Only an 8.5. What receiving core would you take over the Bengals right now? Like, and consider, consider Chris Godwin healthy. But Antonio Brown's out. What receiving core in the NFL would you take over the Cincinnati Bengals? I'm not taking the Cowboys. Hmm. Even with Michael Galpelli, healthy. I know he tore his ACL. Yeah. Pretend he's healthy. Pretend Godwin's healthy. I'm not taking Mike Evans and Tony. I mean, if Brown. I'm like starting a team, there's not a team I'd take better than the Bengals because they yeah. have the exactly. year two, year one. But even in a years. single game, I would take the Cincinnati Bengals receiving yeah. core over anyone's in the NFL right now. Yeah. With Antonio Brown obviously gone, mm-hmm. even if Chris Godden was healthy for Tampa Bay, I'm taking Cincinnati. Even if Michael Gallup was healthy for Dallas, I'm taking Cincinnati. This receiving core with Boyd, Higgins, Chase, they don't even have a tight end. Uzama has been good, but like they can get upgrades there. Like, man, it has been sick. Let's, uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on in this one was... You got to give your Zach Taylor mea culpa. Yeah. Gotta Zach Taylor, my king, my literal king. He's thrown on, er- on early downs more than 7% of the time, twice in the Zach Taylor era, last two weeks. And you don't need- <laughs> look at the numbers. Burrow has thrown for like 950 yards over the last two weeks, eight touchdowns, no picks. It's been the most electric offense over the past two weeks. And they've won big, big games to actually like insert themselves into a legitimate playoff race. Like this is I mean, a legit, legitimate playoff seeding. They've clinched the AFC North. Zach Taylor, let Burrow cook. I hate that cliche, but man, like throw the football. And if you want to do things like run the football and stuff, like use some of these things that are an extension of the run game. They've done some screen work to Joe Mixon. They've done some screen work to the receiving core. You saw that with Jamar Chase. Throwing the football doesn't always have to mean aggressive, high-risk throws, 10-plus yards on field. You can do cheeky things near the line of scrimmage. I think that's where they're best. This offensive line isn't good, and that shows up in the run game. Throw the ball, prosper. It's what Cincinnati has done. That was, to me, the the biggest thing, is that – 65% 65% pass rate on first down the past two weeks after going 50% the season prior to that. And it's not just that. It's using, we're almost using Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, use your weapons on the outside in the quick screen game, like getting it into their hands out wide. You saw that with the screen Chase, the screen to Higgins, and the screen to Higgins was on a fourth down, fourth and one, seven minutes left in the third quarter, down only four points at their own 45-yard line. They went for it. Like Zach Taylor was actually aggressive the past two weeks, actually trying to put up points or actually trusting his quarterback not to basically lose them these games, but to, in fact, win them these games. And, oh, yeah, he goes out and does it because we've been saying all year. He has arrived. He has, when given the opportunity, he's been great. He's just not been put in great situations to succeed. You know what good situations to succeed are? First down passes because defenses cannot – Scheme up blitzes, don't know what's coming. You have that element of surprise, and we saw that in this game. Finding different ways to move the ball down the field that are with not just Joe Mixon behind a dog shit offensive line, but Joe Burrow throwing to elite wide receivers. A few more takes I had on this game, or a few more comments I wanted to make. A couple of the key plays, right? The, the, the pass breakup by Von Bell before the end of the half. Like, that would have set up another score for KC. That was huge. Like, Cincinnati was trailing 28-14. 
at the back end of the second half. And Von Bell makes that huge pass breakup on a deep shot. Then, was that on the Jamar, the Jamar Chase, like, big other t- – like, I don't know. If, I think he scored. Uh, was that a cover two miss from Sorensen? Like, what yeah. was – yeah, okay. So, Sorensen makes that big up, fuck up. That so was, it was I think it was, like – it's called special where it's cover four, but if you get an outbreaker from the number two, the outside cornerback jumps it, and then the safety's got to get over the top of the one, and Sorensen was just lost. Lost in the sauce. Yeah. And then the other play, the third and 27, to set up what was the game-winning field goal. The third and 27 in the final drive, they hit Jamar Chase in the one-on-one again over Travis Ward. It's like that was – and that's when he broke the record. That play was when he broke the single-season record, which was sensational. I think just one-on-ones, man, one-on-ones was incredible. Were, did you have any problems with how Andy Reid handled the final two minutes there? A lot of the analytics community, some of you know, Timo Riske, Eric Eager here at PFF, were like, what was Reid doing? What were they upset about? Saying they should have let him score. Let him score so that way – you're able to – you have two-plus minutes to go down and match it. And match the touchdown? No. I, there was going to be a minute left, and you were going to either get a field goal or the ball back. I, I, didn't, I didn't have that big of a problem with it. Letting him score a touchdown, like you have to get all the way down and score a touchdown yourself. I don't know. But they burn all three timeouts. You don't expect to get – Back-to-back penalties on fourth downs. Well, you'll, but yeah, I guess that's and true. give them a new set of downs. You what were was your take on that decision? Ball, you're expecting to get the ball back with time and more easily, or hopefully, to just score a field goal more real. And even if it wasn't, you still had a chance to get down and score a touchdown. I don't know. I what was your take on Zach Taylor's decision to go for it on fourth? I thought that was unnecessary. I thought that was absurd. especially after the first one. Like you had wasted. What was it about eight seconds with that play, that first play? Or Joe so Mixon got scored. Yeah, where he scored, got called back from the offsetting penalties. The second one, you had, you would have given the ball back if you kick a field goal, kick off, make them return that kick. They have about in the thirty-five second high thirties, yeah, to get into field goal range with no timeouts. That would have been difficult. I, I would have just kicked. The field I haven't goal. had an opportunity to talk to Eric about like where we would have stood on like the go for it or don't go for it situation. But I was like Zach Taylor, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like this might be it. Like I thought they weren't going to get it, and I'm then obviously sure. they got bailed the hell out with that DPI. But it was DPI. I'm not saying it was a bad call, but yeah, I'm not sure about our analytics model. I hadn't actually asked Eric because he was at the game. But ESPN's analytics model had it pretty clear to kick the field goal. There. Really? Yeah. Wow. So pretty wild, but it worked out. All. Righty. Shall we get to Raiders Colts? This is another huge game. Mm-hmm. Raiders Colts matter. Colts were favored by six, and this is my dump truck of the week. And I, I missed it. I dumped I said Colts are gonna dump truck them. I'm an idiot. This is the I'm an idiot podcast with Austin Kale and Mike Renner. Missed on the Eagles. I'm gonna apologize to Flock Nation when we get there. Um missed on I thought I I didn't expect the Bengals to win this game. They win, but um I will touch on them when we get there. But let's start with Raiders-Colts. Raiders were six-point dogs on the road in Indy against Carson Wentz, who was just activated off the COVID list because they made up new rules where he could come back even if he was unvaccinated, which you love to see. Still favored by six. Carson Wentz plays like absolute shit in this game. And Jonathan Taylor had his way. Like, this Raiders defense was getting cooked. Yeah. And, you know, Derek Carr had multiple, like, bad throws, bad interceptions in this game, but got the ball late, was able to come back and put him in the win. Hunter Renfro, a big part of that as well. They win 23-20. That was very 2020 Wentzian mm-hmm. in that just super erratic. You know, it wasn't – there's no like, oh, the Raiders defense has him, you know, on his heels just or whatever. Throws. Exactly. It was just – it looked like he did last year with the Eagles when it was just situations not terrible around him. But, man, he steps into a throw and it doesn't go where he wants it to. And I think that was – 
at least about a half dozen times in this game and sometimes crucial situations. So that was that was something that is kind of, uh, those are the games that we were like, hey, this is maybe why you don't want to trade a first rounder for this guy. <laughs> but I mean, th- there was that. There was he missed like T.Y. Hilton wide open on the third down, like like right at the start of the fourth quarter. Those throws can't happen. Like if yeah. you were going to win this game, you can't miss like wide open receivers on the third down. Um, but the Raiders man showed up. Derek Carr, the pick was disgusting. He was kind of under pressure in a decent amount in this game. He also had another near interception. Can we give some shouts to Hunter Renfro? Sure. Hunter Renfro on fourth and two picks it up massive. Then he had that dime late that set up the game winning field goal. In the beginning, Hunter Renfro was cooking Kenny Moore from the slot. How high were you on Hunter Renfro coming out of Clemson? Not this high. Yeah, he has been. He was, I mean, we put him on the uh, with with uh, with watch. Did we? Yeah, he was on with watch. How many slot receivers right now are you taking over Hunter Renfro? Mm. True Cooper slots. Obviously, you play Cooper like Cup. legit cool receiver. Cooper Cup. Okay, Cooper Cup. I think is a good one. He does play most of the slot. I, I think most of the slot. Yeah, he's like a legit uh, wide receiver one from the slot. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Tyreek Hill was like majority slot yeah. for a lot of times. I mean, Michael Thomas was hell, even a majority Michael slot Thomas. sometimes. Those are probably those three, I'd say, com- pretty comfortably. After that, it's going to be like question. Like Chris Godwin's been majority slot, yeah. but those are, uh, I'm not sure. Sh- Easily a top 10 slot receiver. Top, he's going to be maybe top cracking five. top five. Yeah. yeah. Hunter Renfro. has been, been great from slot. Even had, he's punt returnability, faithful in clutch situations. Third and Renfro, you earned that nickname. Raiders, man, are going to go to Los Angeles. No. At home, hosting in the Death Star in Vegas, Chargers winning their in both teams. Chargers are favored by three. That's going to be, gonna be on Sunday football. Night Football. Yeah, where are you leaning? I know this isn't the preview show. Where are you leaning? <laughs> I, 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 I lean a big Chargers, dude. I'm sorry. Really? You know why? I mean, like the Chargers are healthy. What? I'm just. I wanted a Raiders playoff. I want. I, I mean, <laughs> they, they can still make the playoffs with a loss. It would take. Colts also losing to the to the Jags, <laughs> the Jags who we're going to get to next. We got blown up by forty points. Let's not. Yeah. It's winning you're in in the Death Star yeah. three point. You dogs. can't have that in the back of your mind being like maybe no. There you you got to win this one. Ah oh, man, I need I need a Raiders dub. I'd love to see the Raiders, my Raiders in the playoffs, man. Um, what about the Colts? Are you worried about the Colts? Colts are expected to make the playoffs. They still could technically miss if they lose the Jags and other things I'm happen. Not, but I'm man. not worried about them losing to the Jags. But I am I am worried about them in the AFC. Because you're going on the road for three straight weeks, most most likely. I yeah. mean, obviously, if you get like the sixth seed, you could somehow sneak into playing the seventh seed in the in the finals or vice versa. But I, I am worried yeah. because going on the road with again, we didn't even talk about it with Kansas City though. But Kansas City now out of the one seed, Titans looking yeah. like the one seed at this point. Yeah, we'll get that. We we'll get the Titans. All we'll right. talk about that more. Because um, obviously, we're not going to talk much about the Dolphins. There. All right, Jaguars Patriots. Patriots win fifty to ten. Did we say hold your nose and take it with the Patriots, or did we I back? Remember. I don't think I backed Bevel. I think I said I said I'm done betting the Jacks. I think yeah. I said screw Bevel. I think the Patriots cover this number. They cover the 15 and a half with ease. It was never close. Trevor Lawrence looked awful in this game. He did. Continues to look awful. One was worse. Walker Little looked good though. Didn't allow pressure on the day. Is that what we're, is that what we're going to discuss? Walker That's Little. what we're going to discuss. No, we're going to discuss the fact that I think the Jaguars should just take week week 18 off. These guys have been through enough. Let T Law get on vacation a little early and just have just say we'll take it off. You know, you don't need a week eighteen game against the Colts to prove anything to anyone. You know, you've proven enough to yourselves or it's your Jags. Jags, I think do yourselves. enter the twenty twenty two offseason with solid draft capital and a ton of money. I think you gotta spend a ton of it. Like you gotta you gotta swing for the fences here, bring in offensive line help, receiving core, improve the defense, an entirely new coaching staff, preferably one with experience. And I'm not talking about experience in the Columbus bar scene. I want legitimate 
dudes to come in because yeah. there's too big of an opportunity here. If you blow this as an owner, you blow this, it would be absolutely – it would be unprecedented it, to blow this opportunity would be unprecedented. It does suck that there's not another dude in this year's draft at the quarterback position that's coveted, you know, because – Because the conversation would be hot. Well, I'm not even sure the conversation would be hot. But you could actually rebuild this franchise, you know, like you yeah, could yeah. actually get players. Oh, because you'd say someone could trade up and stuff. Yes, because then you could get, you know, you could get that RG three hall and get a or the with the, you know, like uh, with the who the to the Titans Titans when they had Mariota, they then get the one pick next year. That's probably close corollary, mm-hmm. and then trade back from that uh, for golf. So sadly, they can't get that, but. Because like one Aiden Hutchinson, one whatever, ain't really turning around this franchise. But like you said, they do have the cap space. They do have to. I said, don't go on last year. You're not going to win with a rookie T law anyway. This wasn't your year. But you do got it this year. You got to prove something to somebody. You got to prove, and and you have to be able to attract a head coach, being like, hey, we're going to put out some money for this roster. We're going to let, and probably they're probably going to have to give him some of the reins from Trent Balky to attract any sort of top tier talent to get there now after the shit show that was 2021. I don't want to get too deep into free agency rankings. I know we'll have a lot of shows on that. But looking ahead, Devontae Adams apparently is expected to get the franchise tag. He's the number one ranked free agent on PFF's board right now. After that, Tron Armstead, Chris Godwin, uh, Chandler Jones, Von Miller, Allen Robinson will be a free agent. Carlton Davis, Marcus Williams, Orlando Brown Jr. When it gets to Orlando Brown Jr. is the ninth ranked free agent on PFF's draft board. Slim pickets. But Mike Williams, too. Mike Williams is another opportunity. I'd like to see this Mike This is going to be a cap casualty offseason, though. There are going to be a lot of guys cut for yeah. cap reasons, and yeah. that's where you're... Mike Williams ranked 10th on PFF's free agency board. Man, if he leaves Los Angeles, I mean, that, he they have a that nice would be pairing a good there. Fit for them, yeah, honestly, I agree. Former for Clemson Jaguars, guy. yeah. You need to keep that Clemson connection. Mm. It's they huge. It matters. It. Any other takeaways? Mac Jones is back. Patriots are back. Uh, Belichick's Get back. Game. New Year's yeah. resolution was to blow out the Jacks by 40. <laughs> um... Oh, did you see? Oh, we'll it, get to that it too. It is in later, but Bill Belichick's New Year's resolution probably came true. I love it. Before we get to Bucks Jets 2022, you can get any PFF subscription for 25% off if you use the promo code TAILGATE. T A I L G A T E. Promo code TAILGATE. That's everything at PFF. 25% off. Promo code tailgate. Make sure you go get it. The other thing I have here is we've hit the final week of the pro football regular season, and college football is heading into the national championship. DraftKings Sportsbook is an unbelievable offer to get all fans in the action for this exciting time on the football calendar. New customers can bet just $5 on any football team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So let's wind down the season with a big dub. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still find your way to the winner's circle. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet just $5 on any football team, college or pro. And win $200 in free bets if they're victorious. That's promo code PFF. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer restriction supplies to DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem called 1-800-GAMBLER. Bucks jets I thought the Bucks were going to lose this one. They lost somebody. They lost Antonio Brown. We should start there. We have to start there. The Antonio Brown stuff. What the hell? This was the only way his career could end. The only way. By, by him taking off his pads on the sideline, running through the field of play, and quitting. So the backstory was Bruce Aarons came out and apparently or what's being reported is that he didn't feel healthy enough to play. 
with an ankle injury, even though running off the field, he not only seemed fine, he also had like no tape or anything on his ankles. He was, I don't know if usually, just from my experience with ankle injuries, usually the first sign is to tape them up or to do something to try to prevent further ankle injury. But he didn't have anything on that. And so that's why he didn't want to come back in the game. He said, well, if you don't not come back in the game, then you're not on this team. And so that was him not being on the team anymore. But my Lord, it, it just, like I said, that had to be how it ended. He had to go out on his terms because that's what he's done his entire career. I mean, you have to feel bad for the guy, right? I mean, there's just like, there's just not a lot of people backing, backing him in his corner, right? I, I don't know. Like, the advice he's getting, whether or not he's listening to it, I guess is a part of it too. But like, okay. that was just I like, don't feel bad for the guy at all. But I will say, it's going to be interesting to see if someone puts a claim in. You think someone's going to pick him up? I mean, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs here, thinking about trying to win a Super Bowl, you got a five five weeks. You got to keep this guy happy for. You I know? mean, but here's okay. okay let, me, let me let me entertain. I'm just this. saying it will be interesting to see if anyone does it. Let me entertain this. What's the worst that could happen? I mean, you just cut him. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, so like, like, what, like I'm talking about the legit worst case scenario. Okay, he I punches mean, your quarterback in the face or something. Like I mean, like obviously, because you're not going to give him a contract that's fully guaranteed. You're not going to give him a two-year deal. Don't you're probably not even going to allow him to stay at the Chiefs, team but. practices for too long. Like you probably just want him to show up on game days. Yeah, that's probably your best. I, bet. I, I do think that the wor- <laughs> when you actually talk about worst-case scenario, if he does want to play, like that's another thing too. Like he's hurt, right? Does he want to play? Can he play? I'm not advocating anyone signing him. I'm just saying. Teams really only care about winning, so it could happen. Teams teams are in a better situation to evaluate, though. If he's actually hurt and can't play for the rest of the regular season, maybe wait to the postseason and see if you need it. Yeah, but I don't know. Will be interesting uh, for this game. Jets score on the opening drive. Braxton Berrios, I think, had two TDs early. The interception to Eccles, Brandon Eccles, who I think he got that ball signed after, which was dope, mm-hmm. was pretty ugly from TB. Um, but the real, real part of this game, right? The Jets get up to a lead. Tom Brady's able to inch his way back. I thought Rob Gronkowski played well, really well in this game. Excellent in this game. They ran a QB sneak on fourth and two. That call. Sucks. What the hell was that? I haven't seen that at all this year. Have you seen him in a critical situation like that with Vita Vea stuffed in there like your mom? I mean, but like a QB sneak on fourth and two. Uh, that was one of the worst calls I've seen all year. That uh, they just had to have bad intel on how far away they were, that, or. I don't know. Whoever's whoever's doing that up in the booth is probably getting reamed out today because that was brutal. That was pretty bad because they – I mean, Zach Wilson played well in this game. This was maybe the best he's looked all season long in terms of confident throws, in terms of playing within the offense. Now the second half, the blitz started to get into him. I think you saw – like it really went into a shell, that offense, down the stretch, and that's why they end up losing. But I, there was a number of throws, whether it was he hit, he goes all the way to the backside dig on a third down pickup uh, in the first quarter, 424 left. He had the rifle to the post route to, that was right over the linebacker's head. Can't remember the name. Who it was too. There was some throws in that. And I'm excited to see what this offense ends up looking like when he is playing that level of confidence, when he is getting the ball out when it's supposed to get out because – I mean, he's, the guy's got arm talent, man. It, watching him throw the ball outside the numbers or just the way he can go from snap to getting the ball out of his hands is really reminiscent of Aaron Rodgers and just the quickness of it, like his release and that ability to – like when, when you have that quick of a release, you can do stuff in the quick timing game that other guys can't. Like 
when you can like in the screen game, I don't know, just watching what Aaron Rodgers does with Green Bay, and that was like quick screens, the now routes, all that stuff where it's just him and his receiver on the same page, uh, depending on the coverage. That if you have a slower release, if you have a guy who doesn't have that kind of arm, you can't run. And so honestly, I, I feel like this offense is going to start looking more and more like Matt Lafleur's offense. Michael Fleur is going to take a page out of that because they are very have at least that in common, even if they're not, you know, not going to say he's Aaron Rodgers yet, but they have that some sort of similar ability. I've been ahead of the <clears throat> Bucks are the best team in the NFL for a while. Like I've been like, oh, Bucks are the best team. I said that after we gave, after we ten. No Antonio Brown, no Chris Godwin. I do think that the Green Bay Packers are in a prime position to have the one seed in the NFC. Yeah. And now Tampa Bay is going to have to win four straight to get to win the Super Bowl. Whereas you know Green Bay obviously winning three straight. I, I think this this I'm starting to lean now that the Packers are in the most favorable situation in the Super Bowl. I think that's mathematically back, but also like they are healthier at this time. I mean, they have more of their players at this time. I think that the Green, if they can get some yeah. of these guys back, right? Like Bakhtiari is supposed to come back eventually. Jair Alexander is supposed to come back. Green Bay, I think now is that in this new position as the not only just the most favorable team to win the Super Bowl out of the NFC, but also probably the best team in the NFC. Because a lot is falling by the way. I mean, they're starting Le'Veon Bell out. I mean, they got th- they're throwing Le'Veon Bell out there. Tampa yeah. Bay is. I mean, Cyril Grayson shows up big down the stretch to win this game for them over the Jets. Over the Jets at home, mm-hmm. or no, the Jets on the road. But still, I, I'm worried about the Bucks. I'm worried about the Bucks. They look good. Vintage Brady down the stretch. He wins this game with under a minute left. It was fucking awesome. But against some of these juggernaut teams like the Green Bay Packers on the road going to Lambeau, it's going to be tough, man. The, the well, road ahead for the Bucks is tough. Not even. Shit, I'm worried about the first round with them. If you are down, Levante David, Shaq Barrett, Mike Evans, if those guys aren't back healthy. Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin's definitely out. But I'm saying like those guys could possibly come back but aren't guaranteed to come back by the first week of the playoffs. If you're down those three, week one of the playoffs, you do have a receiving core that is down your top three wide receivers. You're down your top pass rusher. You're down all those guys, your top linebacker. You're not the Bucks anymore. You know, you're not going to make the Bucks the Bucks. You are... A team that needs to be carried by Tom Brady to a win against the Yeah, 100%. You know? like yeah. That is what you are then at that point. So they are in danger if they are this unhealthy heading into the playoffs. Couldn't agree more. Dolphins at Titans. I did not see this coming. This should have been my dump truck. Oh, my God. This should have been a dump truck. This Dolphins at Titans. Titans favored by, <laughs> by three and a half. They win 34-3, dude. 34-3. The offense in Miami gets off to an absolutely disgusting start. Then Tua just fumbles. Like, down, down 7-0 just, like, butters it. Just like a buttery flake out of his hand. Gives the Titans an opportunity to go up 10-0 uh, with the top of the second quarter what left. Was, what was Tua's hand size again? I got to look that up. Does he have little baby hands? I can't Might. remember. Check it out. Check it out. Give me some, send some picks. Then Tua... Down 17 10-inch hands. Dude should not be dropping the ball like that. 10-inch hands? 10-inch hands. He's got big dogs. <laughs> How big are your brothers again? 10 and a half. Wow. That's insane. I know. I hate him. Two it down, 17-3. There's that drive where he, there's the third and 11, just like throws it to no one. Then fourth and 11 again, no one open. It's over. It was, it was, this was a disgusting game for the Dolphins. They burned the tape situation for the Dolphins. It now, was, how it was mu- week 17 last year. Remember they fair, go fair. They the Bills with the Bills not starting anybody and then they go and just look like they've never played football before. I mean, defense was horrendous. Tua did not look good and I also thought the play calling wasn't great. Like they did not, this was not good from anyone in a Dolphins uniform or Dolphins gear in this game. That is true. And the Titans, man, the number one seed. They, Mike Vrabel, now I think Matt Fleur's coach of the year, but Mike Vrabel is close second. 
He yeah, has absolutely. Kept the team together. And defensively, on the defensive side of the ball, the progression so many of their young players have made into legitimate impact roles, uh, they got it cooking. And now the analytics will say, and rightfully so, that this team has overperformed how good they actually are. And, that, and that's true to a degree. Like they, they aren't this world beater one seed. They, they are going to benefit a lot from that. But I do think this defense is getting slept on for what it can do when at full strength to opposing offenses. I think this is, if you're look, talking about the AFC playoff picture, this is right in there in the mix. Probably not as good as New England's defense, but right in there with Buffalo and Indy for, and probably Kansas City as well, for like a, a very quality defense that can, in any given week, shut down someone. One more read before we get to the rest of the games here. Western and Southern want a chance to win the ultimate game day feast, whether it's football success or financial savvy. Winning starts with asking us questions. Would you like Would you like to know what it's like behind the scenes with Allen Sunday Night Football? How about a need to know for your financial future? Western and Southern is teaming up with PFS very own Chris Collinsworth to share insights that can help put you ahead on both your fantasy and financial scoreboards. Every submission earns you a chance to win the ultimate feast to celebrate football's favorite Sunday, we'll cover up your, your catering up to 2500 coordinate your order from a restaurant near you, and have it delivered on February 13th, 2022. And don't forget to check out the Chris Collinsworth Podcast and Western Southern's Instagram for answers to the best questions each week. Submit your questions at westernsouthern.com slash askchris. One more time, that is westernsouthern.com slash askchris. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. Remember, with Western Southern, you can rest assured on game day. Eagles football team. I'm apologizing. I'm apologizing to Flock Nation. Or it's not Flock Nation. Fly, Eagles, fly. Philly fly. I wrongly thought the Eagles were going to be bad this year. I didn't think they would clear their seven win total. I think their win total was set at seven. I thought 14 to one odds for them to have the most losses in the season would grab odds. I was wrong. The Eagles, I said it after week one. You want to go back, go back to the NFL week one review show. This was a much better football team from the jump. I mean, Nick Sirianni has exceeded expectations. This offensive line and defensive line has exceeded expectations as an older unit on both sides. And Jalen Hurts, above all, above everyone, has exceeded expectations in a lot of ways. So much that we're talking about him as the future in Philly. And he has been legitimately awesome for them in the offense that they run. I think Jalen Hurts, Philly, deserves a lot of credit. I am a clown. I think the tweets I've been getting most consistently is a clown. Clown emoji. Fraud. Piece of shit. I got a couple mm. death threats, which I'm not that against. That one was from my mom, actually. The so death that. threat? Yeah. Well, that's fair. But Eagles win this game. Football team was three-point dogs. They win 2016 on the road. Clinch their playoff berth. I think they're now 9-7. and seven. An impressive season for Philly. I thought this game was not going to go their way. Opening drive for the football team was really good. They go out and mm-hmm. get up 7-0. Eagles... Still stall out on fourth and two on the following drive. This ends up being a 16-7 game before Jalen Hurts with a monster throw on third down. Third and 14 to Greg Ward, bailing right, throws it to Greg Ward, sets up a touchdown. Heineke then, at the end, continues to be what he is. Bad. Misses the throw, picked by Rodney McLeod. They win this game. Rod- now, here's the update on Heineke. The roller coaster, the guy who's hashtag fun to watch because he's you know so up and down. Heineke with another game under 60.0. Still, zero games this year. No, one game this year. Week two against the Giants with a grade above 70. That is embarrassing. Heineke is not fun to watch. Heineke is not good. Heineke is not the future in for Washington. Dunk on him. Uh, I, do, I do think there is an interesting conversation, though, in this game. Maybe not interesting. Maybe we talk about it too much. But in this game, fourth down decisions, both the touchdowns for the Eagles came on fourth down. Not a lot of people questioning it. 
after this game because they were successful. They had an early one that they didn't convert where they were in field goal position. If they take field goals all three of those times, that's nine points. If they take, if they go for scores on all three of those times, it's 14 points, which is what they got. And they won, so it's five-point difference. They won by four. I'm just saying. Just putting, putting, putting some numbers together here. We're, we're an analytics podcast. I love we're, that. Uh, we're an analytics we're podcast. A children-friendly analytics podcast. Jeez. I, I mean, the fourth down early, right, they weren't able to get it. They tried to stuff it up the middle, and they just got kind of stalled. But after that, I thought their fourth down play calling was really good. I think that, again, I said this when we had the whole discussion about Rand Stanley. Like, where is the discussion – on play calling on fourth down. Like, like how do you know what's the well, We're going to get to this game. How about the Denver fourth and goal? Fourth and goal where oh, they do that, like oh, a little whoop de woo to fucking whoever the hell. Drew Locke ends up catching a pass and it's like four yards behind the line of scrimmage. Like, there was bad. Like, that decision was fine. So fine. Yeah. The decision after that to call that ridiculous play <laughs> with backups across the board. I mean, it was, it was gross. But we're, get, we're getting to that game next. Any other takeaways from football team Philly? No, but congrats to the Eagles. They. In the playoffs, Broncos Chargers. Chargers favored by six and a half. They win big. Chargers win 34 13. Drew Locke got hurt in this one. I think a shoulder injury, but came back a little bit later. I thought some takeaways I had Austin Eckler looks really healthy. This is one of the more impressive games I've seen from him, just stylistically running the football well, catching the football well. Thought he had um, a lot of success there. And then down 10, they go for it on fourth and goal. It was that shit show of a play for, for Denver that was just like, I think put him, put him in a bad situation, really bad situation. Um, yeah, then you have the hell that was. I don't know that what was, that was. I don't know what that was. Then you have the kick return the, the, TD that was ultimately kind of the, the death knell. The irony of that is that Pat Shermer's been like so egregiously conservative in just how he calls plays and the stylistically that offense. And that, like, that is the time when you break out your razzle dazzle, when you reach deep into your playbook, probably not too deep which because he probably has about three trick plays with how like i said boring that offense has been all year and that is what you call in that situation i just thought that was some tragic irony for broncos fans and and i've been saying it i don't know if they retain fangio after this yeah like they this, might. Oh. this defense has been excellent and honestly this game kind of got swept under the radar of everything but like justin herbert kind of carving up this defense was Dude, that throw to Michael Williams. Because a lot of a lot of quarterbacks have looked rank average against this Broncos defense this year. Herbert, not one of them. So the Broncos, though, man, they, they need to go back to the drawing board, at least at offense coordinator and quarterback, because this was unacceptable this year, what they did look like offensively. Herbert had an absolute Cedar Lake to Mike Williams on the left sideline that kind of put them away. They also get I mean that kick return touchdown was like nail in the coffin. I think one positive. Is this a career game for Noah Fant? Noah Fant was like the off-target man in this one. He had, I think, over 90 receiving yards on six receptions and the touchdown. I no, mean, he had a bigger game. I want to say maybe even his rookie year. Okay. I just haven't heard the, I haven't heard the name Noah Fant in a while. I'm watching this yeah. game. Like, he was a takeaway, which mm-hmm. I think I think this might be the first time we brought up Noah Fant on this podcast. <laughs> like, he actually showed up in this game. He has the visor, too, which I think is pretty pretty sick. Good for him. Um, Chargers, Raiders, you are picking Chargers to make the playoffs. Yeah. Do you think the Chargers make a run? Um, I honestly don't. I think their defense is – they're like a year away defensively. Fair. 
The Raiders are like two years away from being good-ish, but we'll see. <laughs> Texans-Niners. This game started off ugly. I think Texans opened up 7-0. Third and two. Can we talk about the opening third and two from Trey Lance? Where like he has he pulls it, and like he tries to give him the stutter and then the truck stick? What was that? He was like, I don't know. He needs experience more than he needs air to breathe, man. Like that was... So he, third, he looks so jumpy at the beginning, just like... Deer in the headlights yes, stuff, but also like way like... I mean, he just hasn't learned that he can't do some of the stuff that he did at North Dakota State in the NFL, right? Like him trying to truck stick an NFL player one-on-one, I don't know how much that's going to work, especially when he's moving laterally. Then on fourth and two, they do that disgusting-ass pitch, I think, to Elijah Mitchell. That Like this game got off to a really gross start for San Francisco, allowed Davis Mills to get up this one 7-0. But, man, after that, Niners start to kind of pile in their way. Um, And Trey Lance, I thought, improved like really every drive in this game towards down the stretch. He had that one throw to Kittle. That was literally – a seed, mm-hmm. and then Kittle ends up reeling it in. I think it was, you know, somewhat inaccurate, but still, that was a really impressive throw from Lance in this one. What was your favorite part of everyone of the era of Davis Mills being the quarterback of the future of the Texans? My favorite part, honestly, was when the neck tweet came out. Yeah, <laughs> neck tweet was still hot. And I also think that the the Davis to Mill Davis Mills to Cooks connection. It is but still yeah, has legs. Like that first touchdown he threw to him in the little back shoulder yeah. action over the middle of the field was hot. Yeah. But, but, um, but I this still, was bad Davis Mills. It was bad Davis Mills. This was why we said, like, bump the brakes. Like, they, Houston should still try at the quarterback position. Not not necessarily if you got a top five pick. doesn't have to be that one, but you got to do something. So, yeah, ugly Texans game. But I thought Trey Lance settled in really nicely in the second half. He had this three-throw sequence where he hits Jawan Jennings on an out route on third and three before he even makes his break. He's letting it rip. Now, it was a little low. His ball placement's kind of always been the issue, and it was fine. It was completed. Next throw, deep touchdown to Debo Samuel. Next throw after that, next drive, seam route to George Kittle. Those are three NFL throws the way they needed to be, three straight plays that led to scores in all three of those. So that was him, what you can expect from him in the future. Because, like I said, the first quarter, first half of that game was just jumpy, feeling it out. He was still not – he was still very much getting adjusted. I think he needs experience, right? I mean, because I think people also forget he did not play in 2020. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had one game in 2020. Like, yeah. the last time he's legitimately had, like, season-long experience is 2019, and it was against FCS competition. Yeah. I think people should pump the brakes on some of the Trey Lance hate because I've seen some really aggressive hate on Trey Lance. Who? What? Name names. I can't name names. Some of them in this building. Oh, no. I can't name names, but some of them in this building. It's Mike Quinn. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mike Quinn would never. Mike Quinn's a legend. Uh, let's get off this game. Cardinals Cowboys. Do you like Cowboys? No. Cowboys. C- Cardinals Cowboys. Cowboys were favored by five and a half. I think we both wore Cowboys hats on the preview show. We both liked them to cover that number. Cardinals show up. Dak doesn't look yeah. great. Struggles in this game. I think the other takeaway I had watching watching this game um, on broadcast, like rerunning it through to kind of see the progression and like how where things fell out. Where the hell was Ceedee Lamb? Ceedee Lamb only three receptions for fifty one yards, and, and twenty six of those yards came on one reception. Like he was bottled up by this Arizona Cardinals defense. I don't think much of the receiving core was able to create a ton of separation against the Cardinals. I think this is the first time I came away—not the first time, but one of the few times I've came away like thoroughly impressed with how the Cardinals held up in coverage. Right, there were not a lot of open receivers downfield. I think any receiver had more than fifty four yards receiving. That was Dalton Schultz, the tight end, who led the group. Yeah, it was such a weird Dak game because it was one of his highest average time to throw games all season long, but then also his lowest average depth of target. He just was kind of like back there, like not knowing when to let it rip or not even like willing to let it rip. 5.3 yard average depth of target. That is, 
it was just not seeing stuff, checking it down, not seeing stuff, checking it down. It was not a great game, discombobulated Cowboys offense. And then, I mean, Kyler broke out the magic for you know, just enough plays. It looked like the early season we saw from Kyler where it would just be like, hey, not much is there, but I'm going to – I'm just better than you guys. Yeah. Is what a number of those plays were from him. Do we need an official apology letter out on Antoine Wesley? We, we already kind of apologized. No, no, I'm just kidding. Four receptions, 30 yards, two TDs in this game. He had a nice one-on-one. I mean, they were talking about the size mismatch, right? Like he's a bigger receiver going against a smaller cornerback in Dallas, and he comes away with that touchdown, which I thought was impressive. He still has fewer than 80 yards and three starts. Come on. Why, why, why are you being a dick to Antoine Wesley? I'm just saying. You're so an Antoine Wesley hater. Yeah. Okay. There. There. Wow. Go. I'm just saying. Quote graphic. I'm just saying. Two touchdowns. Max. Great. Producer Max. From Mike Renner. Antoine Wesley's a piece of shit. From Mike Renner. I haul in at least one of those touchdowns. Oh my gosh! Stop. Okay. There's there's been some <laughs> discourse online that we need to communicate here. Trayvon Diggs. Oh. Deontay Lee. An Does analyst he here at PFF. Is he the yeah. Goat. Yeah. Well, here here's the thing. Deontay Lee. So Steve comes out and says Trayvon Diggs has allowed over a thousand yards this season. Most one of the most we've ever seen from a quarterback in a single season. People are already getting upset. Want to kill him in his sleep. I think they sent him death threats. He asked to report on Twitter. <laughs> Deontay Lee quote tweets Steve and says, "Yeah, he's been really bad, pretty much, in a series of different data points." He says though, Deontay, which I thought was hot. He says. A ton of interceptions are masking one of the worst cornerback seasons we've ever seen. Hmm. Has it been that bad for Trayvon Diggs? Uh, he is going to break the PFF record for yards in this season, I believe. So he's already at 1,016. I think the record's like 1,050 or so. Who was it? It was someone in like the early 20s. I think it was like in 2011. I want to say it was like a Saints cornerback. I don't know. But over 1,000 yards, not good. <laughs> and now it's going to be a 17-game season. But he's kind of, I don't know how to describe it. I feel like if you are a like a good, talented wide receiver and quarterback duo, like you almost want to go up against that guy because you know you can get him. Like yeah. you, you know that you can get him on double moves. Like that was the A.J. Green player. Right? I mean, he got game. beat by a they double knew, move by A.J. Green. They, knew, yeah, they, they just knew that with the one-on-one against Trayvon Diggs, that's where he was going the entire time. Looking at him, a little head fake, Diggs is – caught sleeping because he wants picks that's who he is so he was going back to alabama so uh, i if you're a cowboys with this defensive line you can get away with it because you know you can get pressure with parsons you know you can get pressure with lawrence you know you can get pressure with gregory but yeah it's he's masking it because like if he was on if he was playing with this falcons pass rush if he was you know, flip him with aj terrell you're you're not getting aj terrell season you no know, you're, you're, you're talking about him as you're talking about him in a much different light than you are with the Cowboys right now. I, I think the comparison that I thought was interesting from a play style and production perspective is Marcus Peters. Peters, yeah. in times, has had a lot of interceptions in single seasons, but also given up a ton of yards because he is an aggressive guy that has bit on things in front of him, and he's rewarded from that sometimes, but also beaten up by that handful of times. And I think I don't think the discourse has to be, is he shit or is he good? I just think th- this is what he is, right? He's like a boom or bust yeah. type of corner where he's going to give up a lot of plays because he's biting on things like an A.J. Green double move in 2022, but also he's going to get a lot of interceptions because he's an aggressive player. Um, that's not to say he's not good. I think there is, you know, like Deontay is saying it's one of the worst cornerback seasons we've ever seen. I, I'm not ready to go that far, right? If you have that many picks, right, it's hard to be like one of the worst we've ever seen. From a yards allowed perspective, it will be. But like EPA per target, right? Like you're gonna be, you have so many interceptions, you are limiting things, you are turning the ball over on that side. So, either way, um, he's playing in a good division. I'll say to get picks too. Fair with your boy, 
Taylor. My guy, Heineke. Mm-hmm. Ron Rivera just came out and said, week 18 is going to be an opportunity to get a lot of young guys to play. Do you think Heineke plays? <laughs> All right, Panthers-Saints. Did this game happen? Did you watch this game live? Did you watch it live? And, I went back and watched some Darnold, sadly. It, this it was game on. was gross to turn back on. Yeah. I mean, this was, this, was a, this was a yucky, yucky game. I will say the one game I didn't like really catch much of was the Seahawks-Lions, the next one. Oh, but, I, have, I, I Saints, watched that one closely. Saints actually, they're alive. They're, they're definitely alive. alive. They're 100% alive. They're, this is like almost comically so. Like They could get to the playoffs, and now they face Sam Darnold, and that obviously helped. But... They face what the Falcons this week. That's that. could be and, a dub. And if the 49ers lose to the Rams, they're in. So, man, well the Rams still, still hanging on. But I will say the Panthers. The one of the most hilarious stats of the weekend. Sam Darnold obviously gets gets the start here. Triumphant return against the Saints. Five of his thirty six dropbacks. Only five of them were throws beyond the sticks. He had five passes on 30, drop back best 36 times, and only five of them went past the line again. That's fucking unbelievable. What are you even doing? How do you play in the quarterback position? Like, these wide receivers must fucking hate him. You know, you come back to the huddle, they're like, I was open there for a good portion of time. You know, they, like, these aren't slaps, dick wide receivers that he's got thrown the ball to. He just, that's, that's almost difficult to believe. I, I do think that the Saints. I think you were talking in the office that you'd be worried about the Saints in the playoffs if you had to if you had to see oh, the Saints in the playoffs. Just, yeah, they kind of so, feel like a buzzsaw, like a cheeky was, buzzsaw. Yeah, so if they get in, they're going to be what seven, and if they win, then they would face the Packers because the Packers are going to face the lowest seed. So that is, like I said, I, I don't think I would want to see them as a Pack or a fan. Yeah, I just mean, like that because they put the for however reason, whatever they did, they grind <laughs> elite quarterbacks to dust. That defense. It's incredible. Any any hope for the Panthers? Do you think Matt Rule sticks around? What do you what do we, they we don't have to okay. hammer home that there's no hope for the Panthers? Okay. Every cool, week. cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. Uh Lions Seahawks, fifty one twenty nine. Seahawks win. We we liked uh, Dan Campbell to cover here and he didn't. This was damn. a tough game though. He had Tim Boyle again. Tim Boyle again. And the Seahawks looking for blood now that they're officially eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> DK Metcalf went off in this game and sa- former San Diego State legend, Rashad Penny. Goes off in this game. He was awesome. T- Tim Boyle was not. I think the only highlight for Detroit that you can really call was Amon Ross St. Brown. Brown. Kind of filling, settling into this like slot role for them. A lot of yeah. y- yards after the catch. Consistently hands guy. This has been a positive you for Detroit. Give some carries out of the backfield, too. I like my, that. My, I like that. The thing I suggested, give your, like, you're probably like your number two wide receiver, even though he's their number one wide receiver. But like give that ancillary guy touches out of the backfield that can break tackles. I love it. Now. Detroit, Tim Boyle, not a lot to touch on there. Seahawks finally show up. They're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. That kind of stinks for Seattle backers, right? Yeah. That's obviously 51. a concern. Are you ready? I guess maybe this is not too drastic, but are you ready to call Rashad Penny the best running back in the NFL? Yeah, I am. I okay. have been since he was drafted, to be honest. Nice. He's averaging 5.3 yards per carry for his career. Jim Brown averaged 5.2. L- let's have the conversation. Yeah. Let's so have the that, conversation. That at least needs to be broke. Here, here's my fun to Nick watch. Nick 5.3 is the NFL current leader, and they're tied. So let's, let's have one let's, let's my fun to watch take. Jim Brown, Rashad Penny should be in the conversation with Jim Brown for best running back of all time. Yeah. 
Okay. I mean, at least college. If he wouldn't have, if oh, Donnell yeah, Pumphrey wouldn't have existed, this dude would have gone Jonathan Taylor-esque numbers oh, yeah. at San Diego State. If yeah. not, probably better. Couldn't have happened a better last too. year was honestly insane, him, uh, the numbers he put up at San Diego State. He, he was, was also like, like an absurd kick yards. returner, too. Yeah. He was a monster. I mean, he was also a great interview, great San Diego State. Level. I mean, he ran the four. This guy, this guy was, I mean, he was running back two on the PFF draft board that year, I believe. Behind? Behind Saquon Barkley. So... Maybe he should he have been number one. Oh, that's a good conversation. Who would you rather have? Saquon Barkley or Rashad Penny right now? Well, I did say I'd rather have Rashad Penny at 27 than Saquon Barkley at two. That's okay. for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Right. That makes sense. I mean, I don't know. Is Rashad Penny better than Saquon Barkley right now? I need your answer. Oh, right now? Yeah. Wow. Saquon's not healthy. Like, he's not been healthy all year. Wow. Put that on a fucking graphic and watch the Giants' kingdom burn. I love Giants' kingdom. I love is, combining. Giants kingdom is I love I combining the random team hashtags. <laughs> Giants' kingdom, fly eagles flock. Giants flock. <laughs> it's just incredible. So Rashad Penny's last year at San Diego State, twenty two hundred forty eight yards at seven point eight yards per carry. Light it up. Light he it averaged up. for his career at San Diego State seven point five yards per carry. He had over a thousand yards the year prior as the backup. Yeah, Donnell Pumphrey was poop. Donald Pumphrey was poop. I'll never forget my first year at PFF was the year after he had that insane season, like really like entering his draft. Yeah. And um, I said, Rashad Penny is a better running back than Donald Pumphrey. And people laughed at me in this office. People laughed at me. They still do. And they still do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Vikings Packers to close out. Why did I say Packers like that? I don't know. Vikings Packers. Packers were favored by six and a half, and it was never fucking close. I think it closed at like 13, 14, though, once Kirk Cousins was admitted into the COVID protocol. Sean Mannion played in this game. Mm-hmm. I turned it off at half. Yeah. That's Packers win 37, 10 over the Vikings. Going back and watching this game, like Devontae Adams is really good. Aaron Rodgers is really good. Aaron Jones is very good. And defensively, they didn't have to do much. Sean Mannion was terrible. And Dalvin Cook was bottled up for most of this game as well. I mean, I don't think you can take away a ton from this one. This game was over last Wednesday when Kirk Cousins <laughs> tested positive yeah, yeah. for COVID. But I will say the fact that Kellen Mond, your third-round pick, your rookie, that, you know, you drafted for somewhat of a reason. You're hoping he becomes something. Is not ready six, 17 weeks into the, his first NFL season to outperform one of the worst quarterback forms we've seen all year from Sean Mannion. That was poop. Like that was, you did nothing. You did nothing with the football all game long. And Kellamon could not perform that. And now they gave him one drive. And he almost threw a pick six in that drive. <laughs> but my God. <laughs> Can we, do we have the Mike Zimmer rant queued up? Do we have the watch? Quinn? That thing was unbelievable. Oh my god! Let, let, we need to hear that. Because We're gonna get to it, that. It was honestly. To let's just get to it right now. Let's get fun to read. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, Brown Steelers, take? Steelers, three point dogs. I have no take on Brown Steelers. <laughs> Actually, I do think I flipped. Now the Browns are dead. Steelers are still alive. So Steelers win. And Steelers are still alive, but also like Big Ben's last home. Big Ben's last home game. I yeah, think they Steelers. could really show up, and it could be a really, really fun game. Real fun ending. Uh, to the fun to reads, and then the fun to watch watches. Yes. All right. First fun to read. Let's do. Quinn, if you can, the Belichick one. The Belichick one is incredible. New Year's Eve day. Um, have you had a chance to consider any New Year's resolution since I asked you on Sunday? Yeah, they, they would all be personal, so it probably wouldn't mean anything to you anyway. Thank you. I love the persistence. I love the persistence of the reporter chasing the story. I mean, especially – so her, her editor, right? I don't know who she works for. I still know who she is. No. But the editor's like, bro, dude, or – 
excuse me, whatever her name is, you just got like viral off that. If you don't go back and answer the, ask that question again, I'll fucking fire you. <laughs> like this is We're not running this article until I get yeah. Bill Belichick's news. But also, who cares about the article? This is the most publicity like this publication is probably ever gonna get, her true. included. Yeah. I mean, I would wear it like a badge of honor. I would ask him every single week. <laughs> but um Belichick's answer I thought was good too. Yeah. That was truthfully one of the weirdest like asking anyone their news resolutions a weird like sort of you think so? for an article yeah but then asking a head coach after a loss was uh, was truly unbelievable so then there's another we have the mike zimmer rant don't we yeah let's do the mike zimmer let's rant. get the mike zimmer rant do you think you want to get a look at mon next week not particularly <laughs> mike why don't you get a look at him i see him every day <laughs> I mean, is he wrong? Is he wrong? Dude, that was cold. It was so cold. It was so cold. But also, like, Kalamon almost threw a pick six as, like, second throw in that game. It was – he was not himself good. But also one of the things we say on the show, it's like these these guys do – these coaches do see them every day. It's very rare to see the case where – not completely uncommon, but a lot of times – when everyone's clamoring for it. And the Vikings happening. are officially out it's now, right? For a reason. Yeah. Yeah. Vikings are done. Uh, let's get back to the fun to, fun to reads. This is from Luke Stansfield. I think he's been on this segment okay, before. So, yeah, this one was. It's a rival. He's becoming a rival. He is. And I would just like to state prior to this that these are all in fun. We're not oh actually my gosh, like, yeah. making fun of people. I didn't We're know not, how to be like, said. Okay. Just to make sure. Because this guy seemed to take it personally when we put him on. So his very first, this was two, a couple weeks ago, we put him on Fun to Read for the tweet saying that it's got a gentle, his first tweet said, gentle reminder that the Eagles and the Vikings are both six and seven fighting for the wild card. To me, it seems like drafting Rager over Justin Jefferson hasn't made one team better than the other. First round wide receivers aren't going to magically bring team wins. Stop the narrative. I don't think there was ever a narrative that first round wide receivers bring team wins. It's just like, the narrative is you want to hit on picks and yeah. not miss on picks. And the narrative is that the Vikings picked a better player. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's not a narrative. And that's then the follow-up. Uh, the follow-up was, so he's, he said he was on PFF tailgate a few weeks ago. Austin and Mike tried clowning me for this tweet. Seems like it really panned out for the Eagles. Everyone <laughs> loves to compare Jefferson and Rager, but they don't want to compare the team's success. The birds are playoff bound. Luke, like you said, this is all in good fun. And I, I, I love this guy. He's created a rival. I'm happy. I'm yeah. happy he's like this fired up. I mean, the take the take. We talk that, about friends in the pot all the time. Yeah. We got enemies in the pot. This is a rival of the pot. Luke Stansville, rival of the pot. <laughs> but, um, I mean, still, Jefferson over Rager was a bad selection. That's just a fact. The birds are playoff bound, but for other things than that, they got um, you know more competent success from Jalen Hurts than people expected. All that stuff better in the trenches. But Jefferson over Rager, that's not the point. It's not the point. Still fun to read. I like that we have a rival. Yeah. This one is kind of long, but Kevin Clark sent out a screenshot of an article on NJ.com where Joe Judge said he feared he was going to get fired or they all feared they were going to get fired in 2018 on that Patriots team. The whole rant was unbelievable. I'll read this rant. Lessons I've learned. I'll tell you right now, all right? In 2018, I was part of a team who was halfway through the season. We were all pretty convinced we were getting fired. 2018, Bill Belichick, the fucking Patriots. We didn't think we were going to make the playoffs, had no concept of anything that was coming. We just knew we were going to keep showing up and improving after week, week after week. And on the outside, we were all terrible. We didn't care about any of the noise on the outside. We didn't care about it at all. What did we care about on the inside? What are we doing? Guys showed up. They worked. They fought. They worked. We improved enough as a team, but things together make a run and end up winning the championship. But the things I really, whatever, he sends another screenshot, but like talks about like how he's going to get fired. They thought they were going to get fired in 2018. The Patriots went on one championship. This, this guy, in my opinion, has been 
I'm not owned. I'm not owned energy for the last like two or three weeks. I don't really understand why he's like getting so defensive over just like legitimately having a terrible football team. Like the Giants are good, and it's he not had, completely his fault. I mean, there were just straight up lies in this. Yeah, in this post game rant, the the Bill Belichick, no one was getting fired from 2018 if they go two and 14. Yeah, that that team, yes, ended up winning the Super Bowl, but Bill Belichick, it didn't matter what they went that year, was not going anywhere. Yeah, he said that people call him former guys who were on the team last year, calm, wishing they were playing for the Giants this year, even though they're making more money elsewhere, which there, there may be one guy. There's not multiple people clamoring to get back in the Giants. And he said before, the Giant, before he got there, the Giants had given up the year prior. They won two of their last three games the year prior. Now, maybe they had given up. Maybe the culture was worse. But if that culture doesn't lead to anything in the way of results on the football field, who the yeah. fuck cares? Yeah. Rough for Joe Judge. I mean, he's getting another year. Daniel Jones is getting another year. It's likely that Gettleman is out. But, man, the the uh, the rants have been impressive. Do we have the Matt Flynn screenshot? I kind of wanted to touch on that one as well. Matt Flynn tweeted out. What this, was that- from, this was from last Monday night. Watching, I mean, he's, I'm assuming he's at home watching in book. Mm-hmm. And he tweets out, WTF, I'm going to start training again. Because he wants to play because Ian Book looks like cheese. Because Ian Book's, if that's what it takes to be an NFL quarterback, he's still got it. Then a literal legend replies, Wilfredo. Remember when Seattle gave you all that money? And then Matt Flynn replies, hell yes, that was awesome. <laughs> what about when the Raiders gave him Flynn all that money? Flynn was always hilarious. He's got a, he got a ton of money from both the Raiders and the Seahawks, didn't he? he well, not as much. The Seahawks gave him a ton. Yeah. And then the Raiders gave him some. Because he had that infamous five-game TD. Or five-game five game, TD. Oh, six. Against the Lions. Six Week TD 17, game. 2011. Gets signed by the Seahawks. Beat up by Russell Wilson. No shame there. And that's why he ended up getting another chance after that. So. That's incredible. Then he then he ended up getting beat out by someone. Then he came back to the Packers and got him back to the 2014 or was it 13 playoffs? 13 playoffs because he came back against the Cowboys and lit it up again. But the second half of the Cowboys game, he had like four touchdowns in that game. Was one of the most improbable uh, games I've ever watched. Honestly, still to this day, that that he came back and lit up a Cowboys team that was fairly good that year. Uh, to win that game so he goes to the Raiders in 2013 after that right mm-hmm. he's traded Raiders trade a fifth round pick and a conditional 2015 round pick to get Matt Flynn then Flynn gets relieved and Pryor comes in that's when they start Terrell Pryor and then yeah. Terrell Pryor comes in and he takes over that was brutal <laughs> he gets released six months oh man that's that was brutal but Matt Flynn makes a ton of money hell yeah bro love to see it all right fun to watch watch we had a lot on here a lot. Of- okay. So I'll do the fun to watch watch here. Okay. This was the official induction into a team into the fun to watch Hall of Fame. Oh. Because everyone and their mother was tweeting that the Bengals were fun to watch yesterday. Please walk us through. It was incredible. And it was started with Mitchell Schwartz, who came. Former Kansas City Chiefs offensive tackle. So a vested interest in this. He just said, since he is fun to watch, just love straight it. out went there. Oh, God. No panic, it. no worry. They keep playing and producing. That is my, and it has 600 likes. That is my favorite tweet of the weekend. That one Unless one of these tops it. Then uh, Jonathan India, who is a Cincinnati Red. So a little bit of vested interest. Isn't on he the a other good Cincinnati there. Red? Didn't he like almost win something? I thought he was good. Quinn, you want to enlighten us? We have no clue. Quinn's on the, the mic right now. But. Rookie, Rookie, of the year, Rookie of the That's year, Jonathan India. Rookie of the year, Jonathan India of the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> he said, congrats to the Bengals on the clinch. Y'all fun to watch. Wow. They are fun. And they are fun to watch, I will say. No shit. And we'll hear... Instead they of, scored like they just like threw for over 900 yards in the past two games. We don't have to belabor it. I have a ton of these actually lined up. There's seven tweets here, but we'll do one more. And it's again from 
PFF Andrew Russell. My king. Friends, very big friend of the podcast, saying the Bengals trail the number one seed in the AFC Chiefs by four points going to the fourth quarter. This was before they even won the game, and these are ready to clear them. 103 likes. I love it. I love it. I like. I want the thing. So someone, when I did the Drake London should be in the conversation and had like the worst tweet of 2022 or 2021, yeah. someone was like commented, save your likes. And I know I've like said that a lot of these. Yeah. We need to make that a thing. Save, save your, your likes, likes, people. Save your likes. This I, Can we do one more? I had one more. The yeah. Matt Verderame one I thought was incredible. Okay. So Matt Verderame is a Chiefs reporter for Fans Sided. Goodberry, Joe Goodberry, who's like a big Bengals guy, who's like got a lot of following because he's like a super fan. He send some cool shit about the Bengals. And Matt Verderame replies, Burrow was unreal. He and Chase are so fun to watch. Really happy for all you guys. It's been a long time coming. What the fuck is this? What, what is this like self-help or what is this like congratulatory to fans and stuff? So happy for you guys? I'm so lost. That's Burrow and Chase are fun to watch. So happy for that's you guys. Not, that's not how fandom works. You can't say that to an opposing fan base. I'm just upset. I'm upset. Mm-hmm. Save your likes. I love it. That was a great. That was a great segment. The Bengals continue. The official induction of the Burrow Chase Bro and Chase breaking records is fun to watch. Next. Rookie of the week. Who's your rookie of the week? Uh, <laughs> great segue because, I mean, it was Jamar Chase. He was straight up dude. I mean, those were a lot of those go balls were I mean, well placed by Joe Burrow, obviously, but like the back shoulder stuff is still takes body control. It takes yeah. you being able to out physical your defensive back at the catch point and he did that all game long 266 yards breaks the rookie receiver record but we had a week man we had three other guys with grades above 90 this week Rayshon slater elijah vera tucker unsurprisingly michael parsons as well uh this week class amon ross st brown also played well amon ross st brown played well not over 90 but this week class is looking like it looks like the closest thing we've seen to 2011 since 2011 2011 Obviously being the Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Von Miller, Cam Newton, J.J. Watt, Marcel Darius. <laughs> Jeez. Elite draft. Marcel Darius, was, so that's the crazy thing. It's like Marcel Darius, footnote in history, was damn good when he was in his prime for a few years with the Buffalo Bills. But still, goes to show you, don't draft E.T. Silent. I kind of want to use this as an opportunity to, before you get to the blackout of the week and then your cake your pants moment, an update on the awards process. So we talked about Joe Burrow potentially being a bigger candidate to win the award if he won that game. He did. Aaron Rodgers is now minus 400, likely locked it up. Like, you don't think he's going to play in week 18. Tom Brady is second at plus 500, and Joe Burrow is third. I did say he'd move to two or three. I don't think he wins it ultimately because Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. if Aaron Rodgers lost to Sean Mannion night, last night, it could have happened. It yeah. could, it, Joe Burrow could have overtaken. But now. Do you, do you, if you're the Bengals, you rest Burrow week 18? You got, the, you got your division locked up. You're jockeying for divisional, yeah, especially because he was banged up on the last few plays. I mean, it depends how healthy he is, right? I think yeah. I don't think that's stupid. I don't. If it doesn't matter with, from a seating perspective, I don't think that's crazy. Um, I mean, it does matter from a seating perspective, but you're getting a home game. You could theoretically get the one seed should the Chiefs lose. You know, I think you play him. Lose. Keep right. the energy hot. Yeah. Offensive rookie of the year, Jamar Chase is now minus two twenty five. Mac Jones is plus one seventy five. I think it's obvious that's going to go to Chase. They don't even let you uh, bet on defensive rookie of the year anymore. It's obviously going to Michael Parsons. Offensive player of the year is still tied. Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cup at minus 110. Defensive player of the year, TJ Watt, the favorite at plus 150. Comeback player of the year. This is what's interesting. Comeback player of the year, Dak Prescott is minus 140. And Joe Burrow is plus 110. How the hell is Joe Burrow not the favorite? Yeah, he had one, more cast drop Gendry. Two, it was later in the season. Three, 
He's better by every statistical measure this year. I don't understand how he's not the favorite. Would so. you not? I might bet Joe Burrow plus one ten. Well, I understand how he's not the favorite because Dak Prescott's a far bigger name and a far bigger market. Fine, fine. I'm just saying. I guess that's fair. But I do think Burrow should be. Zach Taylor's the new favorite for coach of the year over Matt LaFleur. That's Matt LaFleur is plus 175. You're joking. No, I'm not. Zach Taylor coach of the year. Zach Taylor is plus 150. Matt LaFleur is plus 175. Wow. You betting LaFleur? Yeah, I'd bet LaFleur there. Bet LaFleur. All right, blackout of the week. Blackout of the week, sadly, it's going to go to – we could give it to Mike Lennon. But Kellen Mond, because of that rant, not just because you got didn't get the start when you were, like I said, the 66th overall pick behind Sean effing Mannion, because you come in and try to throw a pick six on your three plays that you're in the game, and your head coach just dogs you after the game, that's a trifecta of I see him every day. blacking out. <laughs> that's, a, that's just a tough, tough look, sadly, for him. Brutal scene. Brutal scene. And then your cake your pants moment. This one's an anti-cake pants moment. And this, or I don't even actually know what the definition of cake pants means. But You do. It was the fourth down play, first fourth down play, Bengals are running against the Chiefs. You know the TV, the TV's in the office that we have. I'm in the office with Ben Lindsay. It's just me and him. No one else is here. Everyone apparently had better things to do. Well, Dave, Trevor, Eric all went to the game. All went to the game. So... We have two, like, probably like 60 or so inch TVs that we put, that can put four games on at once. So we have eight games on. And they have this problem, though, where they will black out intermittently. Yeah. Like every, I don't know, 20 seconds? Some, sometimes it's quickly, sometimes it's not very often. Because they're like it overloaded. Yeah. I don't know what it is. But it hadn't happened in a long time yesterday. Happens literally as the snap comes for that first fourth down play. Missed the entire play. I was like, what the fuck's going on? I was screaming. I was, so that was my anti or take your pants. I'm going to pick one of the two. But that was the most excited I was all weekend because I could not believe. I, like the most high leverage player of the weekend, I just missed. I definitely caked when Jamar Chase caught that third and 27, dude. It was third and 27, and he, that catch broke the record. Like broke the record for single game, and it broke the record for the season. And it yeah. was fucking third and 27 conversion over Traverius Ward. That... I was, like, screaming. That was insane. That was such a good game. Game of the week, man. That, that was, was a awesome. live by the sword, die by the sword call from Spagnuolo. Like, that's your game Beat plan. Me. You either, if you're going to do be that team, mm-hmm. don't second guess it. Do it again next time. But when you got it, sometimes it's going to come back to bite you. All righty, then. That's going to do it for this episode of Tailgate. A couple things here. Go to the description in the podcast to check out speakpipe.com slash tailgate to leave your voicemails for the mailbag episode. So you can either go to the description of the podcast, click the link, or you can type out the link, speakpipe.com slash tailgate to leave mailbag episodes. And then come with some heat. Go to, yeah, come with some heat. Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave a review and you can type out a question for the mailbag episode, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. This week we will have Kyron Williams and Jackson Kirkland on the show, a couple of draft prospects. But until next time, Austin Gale, Mike Renner, tailgate. Oh, 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 oh,